Welcome back to Untapped. On this week's episode, we cover stock market crashes, real estate as an investment, Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic going public, and swearing. Enjoy. The opinions expressed on this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions or views of FC Advisory, the Financial Coach Group, or the New Wealth Project. Nothing discussed on this podcast should be interpreted as investment advice. Happy Halloween. Welcome to Untucked. This is Megan. Mike. And Jeff. Did you guys know that elephants produce 250 pounds of manure per day? I didn't know that. Didn't know, but not surprising. (laughs) Can't say I cared. Wasn't sure where you were going with that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a fact. Not sure how fun it is. It's more fun than autism. True. So we're we're autism going in the right direction. Autism is neither fun nor funny. Um, Philly sports. Yep. Let's do it. Fly guys. Oh, Mike. Let's start with the fly. Yeah, guys. they had a rough. They've had a rough week. Um, as bad as you can look, they looked against Pittsburgh. They got manhandled. Did you hear Claude Giroux's comments after the game? No. And he he basically said it was an embarrassment, mm-hmm. which I love that he said that because it was. I mean, they just – it was like a college team playing a professional hockey team. Yeah, they've got a lot of players playing horribly, specifically on the defensive end. Carter Hart's concerning to me. Now. Yeah, I heard I heard that, that yeah, people are concerned that Hart's not as good as they thought well, he was. I, I think he has a – by all accounts, a good head, meaning maturity-wise, he should be able to deal with it. But how he's looked has been concerning. Is that partly the defense's fault? No, I'm talking about him. He like looks bad goals, small in his net, letting in terrible goals. Like just, it, hopefully he gets that fixed. Because if he doesn't, it's the season's over. Because Elliot is not is not a guy that can play 60 games. Before the season, you and a friend of yours were. We're high on, on the Flyers. I am still. Okay. It's just a bad week. All right. Fly or die, man. Yeah. Come back next week and we'll hopefully have a better tune. <laughs> um, Meg, we got some serious Sixers action from last night. We do. Let's yeah. go. Let's go there. Well, before we get into the drama, let's acknowledge that they're 4-0. Yeah. And have played very well. One pretty... Um, convincingly, aside from the Atlantic game. They've played very well without even having like their full team all the time. But there was some drama last night because him and Carl Anthony Towns got into it. Did you guys watch? Mr. Softy? <laughs> Who? The, the, the rumor is Towns is, is soft. Is like soft. Jimmy Butler called him soft. Jimmy Butler, apparently, when he came to Philly, told Embiid how soft. Towns was? Yeah, yeah. Is. Did you did you see any of this no. from last night? No, do tell. So, Carl Anthony Towns is Minnesota's best player, and often touted as one of the best bigs in the league, as Joel Embiid is. Um, Embiid owns him like every time they match up. It's just very very one sided. So, yesterday's game, um, there's a p- offensive possession under 
Minnesota's basket. And the Sixers get the rebound and run out. And the camera pans away. So I'm watching, like, on TV. Camera pans away. They miss a layup. And then you hear Mark Zumoff saying, like, oh, there's a scuffle or something. (laughs) And then the camera goes back. And Embiid and Carl Anthony Towns, who are, like, enormous humans, are wrestling. Like, you know how dudes wrestle when they're not, like, really fighting. They just, like, grab each other's bodies. How basketball players <laughs> fight, she means, in other words, yeah. So through a haymaker, obviously missed because yeah. they do not know how to punch in the NBA. Which is neither here nor there, I right, suppose. Right. Um, so they get in a fight, and then Ben Simmons comes in and pulls Carl Anthony Towns off of Embiid, puts him on the ground, is lying on his back, lying on his back, and then... Puts him in a chokehold, like headlocks him. An MMA submission move. <laughs> I think Towns actually tapped Tapped out. out, yeah. He was like hitting the... <laughs> he was like shaking around like a little baby. So then, I mean, obviously the crowd's so into it. Embiid gets up and is like egging everybody on. They both get ejected. They determine at the time that Ben Simmons was like a peacemaker and that he was trying to break up the fight. They're now, um, after Minnesota has asked the league to review it, Going they're considering the yeah, whether or not there will be additional like suspensions for definitely Towns and Embiid and then possibly Ben in this particular situation. So they ended up winning by like 20. Um, oh, there, there was more. Embiid goes back to the locker room, then comes back out, doesn't he? I don't... And then I think... Eggs on the the fans. No, maybe that didn't happen. No, I think it was when he was going okay. out. He was like shadow boxing, like right. walking back. To the- then three hours after the game yeah. is all over social media. He calls Towns the P word a few times. Yep. So people are taking some Philadelphia, some Philadelphia fans are taking some issue with that because it's probably going to get him a few more games suspension than he would normally have gotten. So instead of getting like one or two games, he's probably going to get four or five. And people are like, grow up. You know, this could cost us three games. We, we need to be playing in Philly come the end of the season when we're in the playoffs and when we're in the finals. I, I see their point. I don't necessarily go that far. I mean, Embiid's 23 years old. He's not a grown-up. He, he's going to make stupid decisions. Isn't 23 a grown-up? I, by all intents and purposes, sure, but he doesn't act like one. And that's his shtick is to be on social media and to be flamboyant and to be and to egg people on and to poke the bear, which I get and it's cool. But now you're starting to co- could possibly be costing your team W's. Is there a rule on the books that you can't like taunt on social media? No, no. there is not. So why would they hand down a suspension? They're going to hand down a suspension for the fight. Sure, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't help his chances of how long the suspension is when the NBA sees what's the what's the commissioner's name? Dave Silver. Yeah, when Sil- Adam Silver. Adam Silver. When Silver sees all of that additional behavior, I'm very curious to get your thought on that, Meg. I love it. Yeah, but like, I knew you would. He can't. He can probably like do no wrong. I think at this point in my eyes, like he is so good. Obviously, he's a basketball player, but his personality is awesome. He has just thrived in this city. And I think there's always going to be people who are going to shit on the antics and the behavior. It's entertaining. 
And it helps that Embiid is good enough to do it. Like, if he was not backing it up with his play, obviously you'd be like, this guy's an asshole, sit down. I love it. Like, I can't get enough of the social media bullshit. I sat on Twitter, like, all through halftime last night. I was just eating it up. Because not – I mean, what Embiid and Towns did after the game was funny, but, like, even during the game, just reading people's reactions to it and then the memes that are a result of it and the gifts, like – it is just so enjoyable for me. So I want more of it. I want yeah. more of it. <laughs> I mean, shouldn't the league want more of it too? I mean, up to a certain point, not making it, you know, WWE antics, but. Yeah, I mean, maybe the league won't even be that harsh on him because they need him in the league. They need yeah. him playing. But but I'm talking about these little personal feuds that attract a lot of attention to people watching games and and. and Paying attention to the sport even more. Calling the guy the P word a few times, I think, is a little overboard. I mean, Towns went at him on social media too. Like, well, I don't. I'm not defending Towns either. Yeah, I mean, I just I think at some point too, and again, maybe this is an immature way to look at it, but like someone's gonna call you out on shit. Why wouldn't you? Of course, you, go you're back. gonna react. Of course. Um, What's hysterical is Al Horford. So you look, you have mm-hmm. you have Embiid's comments after the game. And then you have Horford's comments after the game, which basically sound like the NBA's statement. It was like, this was an unfortunate incident. Like, it was so <laughs> professional. Well, it's also, if you go back, so, I mean, obviously they replayed the sequence a million times. Horford had a fast break while everything was happening. He got his shot blocked. Tobias Harris was down the court with him. And then... The camera pans back. Harris sprints back sprints. to try to like get you know help and pull people off. Horford stands there <laughs> and then like walks back to half court. Doesn't come close to the scuffle at all. Just watches. Yeah, You're like that is pretty much the dynamic of this team. Like one yep. veteran who's been there before, and then everybody else. <laughs> He's trying to protect his NBA analyst face, you know, for his career after basketball. Huh. Interesting. Interesting point. Probably. Yeah. He's also think, like, I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, I'm 34. <laughs> I like it. I like the scuffle. Um, I could really care less about the social media antics afterwards. I know 10 years from now, Embiid won't, probably won't be doing that. He right. probably will have matured a little bit. But all of it brings this team closer together in the short term, which is all I really care about. Yeah. Um, How about, those, uh, about that World Series Game 7, huh? So I know this is like super off-brand for me, but I watched a couple innings. <laughs> yeah, I watched a couple, and then and then and my, sleep was more important than watching the end of it. Well, my friend texted me and was like, "Who do you want to win?" And I thought he was talking about the Sixers game. And I was like, "He's we've bet on like other games." I was like, "Why does he care about Sixers?" Timberwolves. He lives in Austin. He's from California. I was like, this doesn't right. make any sense. Then I was like, ah, there's a World Series that's yeah. going to be decided. God, baseball is brutal. Mm-hmm. It's unwatchable. Even on the biggest stage. Didn't watch a, a, a single pitch. It's unwatchable. And all I saw and read about it was about Bryce Harper. I mean, mm-hmm. if you ask me, it was more about him than the, the teams playing. Um, 11 years ago on Tuesday... Phillies won the World Series. <laughs> 11 years ago. Jeez yeah. and crackers. They're so far away. I think the Flyers are so far away. I, don't, I think the Eagles are far away. The Sixers are our best chance, man. And they're a legit one. Yeah. 
do we have anything to say about the birds? They better win Sunday, man. I think they will against Chicago. Chicago. Just because Trubisky stinks. Because then they have Seahawks, Pats, and Dallas, I think. No, no, not Dallas. They just I think they're by. I think it's yeah. they have a buy in there they somewhere. They have a buy there somewhere. But the, the next few games are pretty tough after them. So they better beat Chicago. What's the Jackson status? I haven't checked. Limited Deshaun. practice this Deshaun, week. Deshaun, yeah, he practiced this week, but he's not. I he's don't not, think he's a good He's not close. Okay. No. Go Birds. Five and four. Giants are going to beat Dallas, too. What? Oh. Yep. Oh, well, you, you have. <laughs> I'm not, he's not. No. What, it's like, they're going to beat Dallas. Didn't you start their quarterback no, in your no, business? No, no, no. There's no chance in hell the Giants beat Dallas. They play this week? Yep. No way. Where is No chance. Uh, I don't even know. Save this recording. Because I'll, I'll forget what I said a week from now. I tend to agree with Mike on these things, but. Not this one? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Who but gives a shit really about the Giants <laughs> and the Cowboys? Moving on, dude. Okay. We're going to start calling this segment Coach's Corner. This is going to be a little more of an industry-related discussion, whether it's a particular topic we want to talk about, something we're dealing with, or an article that's you know, more financial planning focused. So this week, um, we found an article in the Wall Street Journal written by Spencer Jakob called A Crash Will Come and That's Okay. Uh, the price of admission to those heady long-term returns is making peace with temporary, temporarily losing half of your money. Jakob <laughs> writes about the impossible task of repeatedly predicting stock market crashes and uses this article to articulate the downsides in attempting to do so. Um, one of the stats quoted in the piece was um, Putnam Investments calculates that missing just the U.S. market's 10 best days in the 15 years through 2018 would have cut your ending portfolio in half. I love that stat, by the way. I hate it. I know you hate it. I love it. I what hate, do you hate it. it. Why do you hate it? It's so ridiculously disconnected from anything practical or real. Nobody is, is fully invested except for the 10 best days. And look, this is what would have happened. So stupid. No. But it's isn't it just picking. about making a point? Wait. It, possibly, but but people take this stuff literally like I, I know, Jeff, what you're saying is it, it illustrates how important it is to stay invested, yeah. right? But it's just a dumb stat. Because guess what? Like the 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 way they do the math on this is they literally assume that the only time you're not invested is those ten best days. And guess when they all happen? Right around major crashes and corrections because that's the only time you have that kind of volatility going on right so up it's, and it, down. it's unrealistic for you to be out just those 10 days it's not it's not just unrealistic it's, it's not possible right it's not even it's impossible real. which means which is the point of that stat if you're going to be out during those 10 days you're going to miss a lot of other days too which means your return is going to be even worse then you should say Here's the stats on missing the 10 worst days. And the argument is don't invest in the stock market. <laughs> I, I just think it's, I, I hate cherry picked and, and leave it up to Putnam to do this. I just hate those cherry picked uh, stats. It just, it just means nothing to a real you person. You have to make it so simple for the investor to understand because they don't get it. And that's why I like the stat. It's an easy, it's an easy way to explain to someone who doesn't get it. That you have to stay invested because if you miss the 10 best days, your return is going to be cut in half. 
You're you're smarter. You get it, Mr. CFA. But wow, little, air little quotes there too. Taking a shot. <laughs> I think it makes it easier for the average investor who doesn't understand this stuff to get it. I can't more. More what bothered me is I can't believe these people. How do you say this woman's name? Elaine Garzarelli. I can't believe these people still exist. Look, anybody who sells a newsletter, you can dismiss them immediately. And they should be. Because if you had information, you wouldn't share it with anybody. Right. For 400 bucks a month or whatever it is. How come no one understands that? I don't know. I don't know. This article bothered me um, on the whole because you know, the title is A Crash Will Come and That's Okay. And he's making the point that you know crashes are inevitable and it's the price of admission, et cetera, et cetera. All true. But throughout the article, he, he, he references Dent and Garzarelli and, and um, Hussman, all charlatans, all people that in their own way um, are either just like Garzarelli was at the right place at the right time and right. became famous because of the 87 blip and that wasn't even a crash because the, the market finished up that year. But I don't ripped, even know why we're calling it a crash. He ripped all those people, didn't he? he kind of, but but drawing attention to them is defeats the purpose. He, he should be really a little bit more harsh in his criticism. Yeah, of he, sh- he should have been more harsh, but he, he did. I mean, I love I loved what he did. I mean, Hussman... Who, what, this guy was a like a hedge fund manager? He's incinerated so much money, and he's so stubborn and insists that we are going to an apocalyptic scenario, and did he's you, been saying this for 20 years. Did you read his stats? A $10,000 investment in, in Hussman's fund made 19 years ago would be worth $9,300 right now compared to, if you just put it in the S&P 500 index, 32000 Are we boring you, Meg? You're, you're yawning over there. This is Coach's Corner. You have to participate. <laughs> you have to be interested. This is our, this is our, our job. Can we just talk about the Sixers? <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe these people. So I can't believe they still exist, number one. I cannot believe investors. You, you can believe it because we all know that dire predictions make, get ratings. And they sell newsletters and they sell you know eyeballs or attract eyeballs, right? Yeah. <laughs> they sell eyeballs. Guys, like there are a lot of people who have a very intense fascination, fascination, obsession with this. Like we know better. We work in it every day. But like the general public, like they think there's a secret sauce. They think somebody knows. And like this kind of this kind of these antics, like it just feeds into that. It gives them justification for the obsession. We have clients who every day log onto a website to look at a value. Like it's you, it's in their brains. And I don't know how you unwire them that way. I don't know if you can. It's why we started doing this podcast. We said originally we were going to talk about all the good stuff around financial planning and investing and, yeah. and exp- like, like this article and explain Debunk. it to people. But I guess you're right, Meg. Like Democrats hang out with Democrats. Republicans hang out with Republicans. So people want to believe there's a secret sauce, so they only read articles about that. Because I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm going, but tons of these articles exist. How many of them do you have to read and, and still not get it? But they're not reading them. Or they're reading them and not believing it because Harry Dent says there's going to be um, some major collapse in the next 10 or 15 years. 
Or they're unwilling to be patient and to to keep things in perspective and they think that they can, you know, make a million bucks or, or miss the next crash or solve everything in, in a day. Like the the reality that good financial planning requires time and patience. It's just right. It's boring. And the only other thing is that <clears throat> crashes and bad things and tragedies all happen suddenly and they're very yeah easy to spot when they happen but good things in progress never happen suddenly it takes forever yeah Yeah. and it takes you to step back with the lens and look at that long-term chart and look at how inevitably progress is made to to remind yourself of that so great great point to wrap that article up with (laughs) moving on joaquin clement um has a newsletter speak of the devil um (laughs) called Clement on Investment, and he wrote an article um, discussing, is real estate a better or safer investment than stocks? Um, He discusses why people have the perception that it is and provides some data points to refute it while also kind of admitting or um, recognizing some of the behavioral realities about like illiquidity and owning real estate and that type of thing. Really simple. Yeah. Real estate does not outperform the stock market. You can get lucky and buy a house in Avalon 15 years ago for 200 grand and now it's worth a million five. Just like you can get lucky and buy Apple at $3 a share and now it's worth 200. But the overall asset class does not outperform stocks. And the sooner people understand that, the better. I'm tired of like having that comparison with clients about why they love their rental property and it, it, it has such a great return and then you crunch the numbers and the, they they look at you like they don't even believe that your number is true when you say you're really netting about three percent before inflation yeah well how many times is it <clears throat> so-and-so bought the house in 1975 for fifty thousand dollars and they just sold it for you know 420 and what an unbelievable investment. Meanwhile, the two things that are wrong with that is that it's such a long period of time that if you just overlaid what broad stocks did, right. it underperformed. And they're not counting all the Costs. insurance, mm-hmm. property tax, maintenance, and everything along the way. It's, it's crazy. The two points I did like in the article, houses, homes are illiquid, so you can't just sell them. And it's a for savings. So anytime you can get someone like in a 401k or have if if they own a home there's four savings but if you can get someone who's very disciplined and say look you should rent an apartment for the rest of your life and instead of paying all that money in property taxes and an interest just bank it each month i believe that person will have way more wealth than the person who buys a home Mm -hmm. now they don't have the emotional enjoyment of a home if that's even the memory wor- factory. Yeah, if it's even worth anything. Yeah, the other part about the article that makes an important point, and it's simple, but it's so right, is that, and I, I guess I would say that the great advantage of stocks is that they're transparent and priced all the time, but it's also the worst feature in a right. lot of ways. Yeah. As investors. Yeah, because, um, you know, obviously your house price doesn't fluctuate every day, at least in a way that's reported to you or, or observable. And you can you can use the same logic with 
um, certain annuity contracts or insurance contracts that are priced infrequently um, doesn't reflect their real value. I just heard a, a stat that I couldn't believe relating to private equity returns being, you know, um, X amount of percentage points better than public markets. And what this guy found was that in 2008, while stocks were down 38% or 50, whatever the number was, private equity marked their investments down by like 1% that year because they could. Right. And so the, the perception of the returns was much better than it really was, right. which is pretty amazing if you think about it. So any, any asset class that allows itself or, or is set up in such a way that you don't have daily pricing has that advantage and creates the perception on the part of investors that it's better than it really is. I get an email from Zillow, I think, once. I must have signed up on Zillow, <laughs> like once a week, showing me the value change of my home. Yikes. I guess it's really not going to force me to sell it, but I am anxious. And paying curi- attention. <laughs> I'm curious like- to, to see what happens when real estate does go down. Like if they show my house losing 20%. Yeah. Well, I mean, but even if it did, the process to sell yeah. is so laborious compared to logging into your brokerage account and clicking sell. Right. Right. Same thing with like annuities or life insurance contracts. Mm -hmm. You can't just get out. Yeah. Um, Okay. Switching gears a bit. Nice. Taking flight. Virgin Galactic goes public in space tourism first. So Taylor Telford wrote an article for the Washington Post. Richard Branson's human spaceflight company was listed on the New York Stock Exchange on Monday becoming the first publicly traded commercial human spaceflight company. The service is a roughly 90-minute journey, beginning with the passengers in a space plane that is tethered to the belly of a carrier airplane, which flies to an altitude of 40,000 feet. At that point, the space plane is released, fires its engines, and races through the atmosphere to the edge of space, where passengers spend about four minutes in a weightless environment. All for a quarter of a million dollars. Instant death. Yeah, like, how do they get back? Instant death. Do you just plummet? It's a plane, right? But it's it, it gets there by being attached to another plane. I think it does that to save fuel. <laughs> I'm literally just making shit up as I go along. I uh, guess it's like when spaceships come back into the atmosphere. Don't they just, like, fall? They glide in, yeah. And yeah, then there's, like, a parachute. <laughs> I, there's a parachute. I care less about the engineering of it than... Uh, who's going to be on it and it sounds like it's going to be ho- who's who of Hollywood and I am all for that sending them all into space yes <laughs> unlikely to return unfortunately the plane could not re- re-enter the earth's atmosphere and Justin Bieber is stuck in the stratosphere <laughs> that would be awesome by the way why do we hate the Biebs what's wrong with him I didn't bring up the Biebs Jeff did <laughs> I just there's no way in hell I would drop a quarter of a million dollars to be a guinea pig on this airplane. Is there amount of money you would spend on it? And don't be, don't say two dollars. Like yeah, of course. If if and only if it became very common, like air travel is today. Would you have gone on the Titanic? Had you? I mean, obviously, knowing what you know now, the answer would probably <laughs> no, be probably no. not, Mike. <laughs> but I mean, that was sort of like a yeah. It I was mean, only the wealthy could get the tickets. And except for Leo. Except for, yeah, Jack. Jack. 
guys look like you're two giant Titanic fans. No, I'm, I'm not. I don't want to be. You don't want to be a first. pioneer. No, absolutely not. I don't need mm. my name in some article or on some building because I was the first one to get three minutes of floating in space. <laughs> yeah, I, I have no interest. What's the point? Do do they think that we're gonna have to leave Earth at some point and find like an, an inhabit another planet at some point in the near future? I think there's a lot of people that probably believe that. I don't know about near future. Near, meaning the next thousand years. Oh. <laughs> That's yeah. near future. <laughs> For me, yeah. Okay. I think, I, well, I mean, think, then yes, to answer the question, I think the idea is eventually they'd like to have, like, maybe a community or something on Mars. But I think now it's strictly the novelty of it and being weightless. You think the food will be good? Like, better than on the airplanes? No. Three minutes. Like, go float in a pool somewhere. <laughs> And doesn't Disney have a ride that does this? I don't think they do. Okay. I'm sort of lukewarm. I mean, hey, I'm all for advancement in technology and space travel um, advances. I think space for me is just that that may be where I I stop being so optimistic about things because, like, shit can go wrong and you can just float away. You're gone. Like, and you don't know where you're going. Like, at least if you drown, it's water, there's sharks. Like, you kind of know. You got a chance. <laughs> what, if you're like. You, you got a chance for survival if you're no. if you're wasted in the ocean. I mean, I think if you you get dropped in the middle of the Pacific, you're done. Yeah, you, yeah, you're probably dead. You're so, right. like, if, but if you get, like, let loose in the, I don't know, the galaxy, like, the solar system. And you need you need the headgear. You need oxygen. If any you of that only gets have so breached, much of you're it. gone. Yeah. A rock know. hits your thing, and then you. <laughs> These are all movies that were made, right? Space rock. <laughs> yeah, I mean, let's. I think you're going off on a little bit of a tangent there, Meg. Maybe we can talk about do Do any of you have any interest in investing in Virgin Galactic, since it's now public? No. No. Yeah, I agree. No. Pass. Hard pass. Hard pass. I agree. Okay, cursing. Get more out of your workout by dropping an F-bomb. Sandy Lamote um, wrote for CNN. She referenced like three different studies that analyzed the cognitive responses to and the use of cursing to make the point that in some situations it's really not a bad thing. I completely disagreed with this article. And I know that... What? You disagreed with it? I don't think there was anything... St- to I don't know. I You might be missing the point. So my question would be, why... Do we kind of have like a natural instinct to curse if we like stub our toe or, you know, it's it's kind of like yeah, it is the first word that, that comes to your is mind. Is that learned or is that does there is there something to this? Does it's it learned. actually help? It's well, I think it's learned, and I think a lot of people it's not their natural response. Like a lot of people's natural response is shoot <laughs> or dang it or just ow. <laughs> like that's a natural response. That's what my kids do. Ow. <laughs> Um, they don't. They didn't. They didn't say like shit until they heard me say shit when I stubbed my. Yeah, tongue. I think it's definitely so it's, learned. It's it's clearly learned. But I think yeah. we curse a lot, like our the, the way we speak in isolation is not normal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like and, we curse more than the average. I definitely do. But I I think cursing is way more accepted today in society. Way more. Mm-hmm. Way more. Uh, it's obviously so, uh, it's on network TV and 
I think some of the older generations would, would have the opinion that that's part of the breakdown of a, the, the manners of our society and all that. But I don't know. I don't see it that way. I see it as why was there such uptightness for so long yeah. about a word? I remember as a kid, my mother and my aunts, when they would, you know, a, a buddy of mine or a brother of mine would bring a girl home and they, and they say, oh, well, she, she curses. It's so much worse for women. But it was, it was back in the day, they looked at like she was trash because she, she cursed. Mm-hmm. And I think my mom has come around because all the girls that she, all the women that she knows now, like my wife, my sister-in-law, all of their siblings, and who, they all curse. And they're all girls. They're all women. So I think she's coming around on it. I think there's a lot of coming around still to do because if you look at Amy Schumer and Sarah Silverman, who are crude comedians, but they say the same things that male comedians do, and they get a lot of shit for it. I think it's... I think the delivery coming from a female is so much better than the, than that kind of um, entertainment coming from a guy. I enjoy it more. And maybe it's because people think it's so, like, taboo. Yeah. I mean, yeah, women, like, my mom, I curse a lot, and my mom it gets personally offended. My brothers, any of them, could say something 25 times worse. And, I mean, she still flinches, but not the same way. I love cursing. I enjoy it. I'm like I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I do though believe there's time and place. I do believe I don't want the 14-year-old boys who are at my house talking like truckers, talking like I I talk. And I don't talk like that in front of them either for the most part. Like I'm way I use way more profanity at work and with you guys. Yeah. And I basically try not to use any of it in home in front of my kids. I know they're going to use it, but don't use it in front of me. Is that wrong? Really? Yeah. I mean, they're, 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 I mean, we're talking 12 and 11. Yeah. What age is it okay where you, where you look the other way? I don't mind my 20-year-old using it. I do mind her using it in front of the, the younger kids, though, the 12 and 11-year-old. Yeah, high school, Mike. I would say like around sophomore, junior year, it'll become acceptable. I guess that's been my, always been my beef with it. Like the contradictory nature of like someone who curses telling other people not to curse. And it's like, who the f are you? Well, I don't curse in front of, I try not to curse. Right, but it, you do. You curse. Yes. And but I think there's a time and place for it. Okay. Don't do it I, in front of kids. No, and I, I agree don't with you. Don't do it at I, church. I don't curse in front of the kids I coach. I, I don't curse in front of my niece. Like, I, I understand. I just, I often don't find that I curse in, like, angry settings. Like, I'm not, a, like, an angry person. So a lot of times the cursing is, that's fucking funny, or that shit was hilarious. Like it, Social cursing. S- social, but, like, happy. Yeah. There's people, though, that, that say... People who curse are like, they're not intelligent enough to express a thought without cursing. However, I think there's so many scenarios in which adding the word is the only thing that makes the the expression as good as it is. Which makes the point, yeah. Yeah. They actually have done research and found that more intelligent people use curse words. And they have a higher vocabulary. Like people with a higher vocabulary have a higher vocabulary of curse words and they have a higher IQ. 
So I thought the same thing, that you huh. were stupid if you used curse words. But it turns out that highly intellectual people use curse words. Well, then we're fucking geniuses. <laughs> we're so smart. <laughs> yeah, Google, if you Google, does cursing make you stupid? Or does cursing mean that you're stupid? There's a lot of research that shows you're not. Okay. I think maybe there's a context for that because <laughs> I mean, I can think of a lot of... Smarter people are more likely to use curse words. There you go. Oh, okay. I mean, we talked about it. What was it? It was one of... The, it was the guy who was at the Eagles game, the Penn Dean, who got like filmed obviously cursing on TV. You couldn't hear him, but you could read his lips. And then we were talking about like bringing your kids to the link or to sure. the ballpark. And the idea that like Philly probably especially, but generally there's a lot of cursing going on at sports games and you can't control what the other, however many people do. So like you still bring your kids though. Right? No, that's why I don't. Okay. That's why I won't take my kids to an Eagles game. You'll take them to a Flyers game. Yeah. I've had bad Flyers game game experiences. Yeah. We're box people. We're club box people. And the clientele is a little fancier there. (laughs) But dumber because they don't curse. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I will take my kids if I can take them in an environment that I feel like I can control a little bit. Like if we are going to go to a a Flyers game, we'll try to maybe get a club box. Or if we're going to go to a Phillies game, we'll get hopefully like in a section where we can control – so they're not going to be here, and, and I, they won't go to an Eagles game. That's, that's so, so if you're watching a show that has cursing and the kids walk in, do you we turn it off? It. Yeah, we pause it. Absolutely. We let the sex scenes go right through, but we definitely <laughs> pause the cursing. Yeah, we do, man. We try to not condone it. Are there, like, is ass a cur- curse? No, we'll let some is of the... damn? That's fine. So shit? Yeah, shit's Yeah, I remember when I was, like, in Little League, maybe 10, 11 years old, maybe even 9 that our head coach was just a one of those guys who had no, he was just ass shit whatever like he he had no filter around all the kids that was just who he was and i thought it was the coolest thing in the world yeah. <laughs> I, I i will tell you this i do try when things get heated to not use a curse word so when melissa and i start arguing i know that if i use the f word about something, about the conversation, where like it's going to get escalated. Right. She's not going to react. So I try, and even with like buddies of mine, if we're getting in an argument, it's getting heated. I try not to drop an f bomb because it's just going to have them react negatively, and it's going to take the, it's going to escalate the emotion of the conversation. Not easy to do. Super hard to do. All right, good opinions on that, guys. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it sounds like it, it, it makes sense. That's the time and place you're talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. So do you think also time and place is like there are professional settings where or like if a politician is given a speech, is cursing off limits there in your opinion? I've grown from a professional standpoint where I feel like if that's how you talk, talk that way. I mean, you can't obviously be in a meeting with a client and F this and shit that and ass and damn it. Like, you can't just <laughs> have, like, zero filter. But if you feel, if you're talking about something and, like, man, that person's batshit crazy. That's the way I talk. I'm going to say it. Yeah. So I think there's 
you have to have a little filter in a professional setting, but don't be afraid to be yourself and speak like yourself. Yeah, I think I'd probably agree with that. I mean, I think politicians, and maybe it just comes down to what they're talking about that they're choosing to curse about. Like if it's something that they are excited about and a point that they want to make or something they stand for, I feel like that's like the enthusiasm behind that probably is more, at least for me, something I would receive better than if they're bashing their opponent and calling them an effing you know, bitch or right, like, right. like that would be a much bigger turnoff if they were using it in a, in a negative way towards another person right. than if they were just like super stoked about something they were doing. But I also don't listen to politicians talk, so. Yeah, me, me, me neither. <laughs> there you have it. The nuances of cursing. Financial <laughs> coach. <laughs> um, our top five today, because it's Halloween, the top five worst things to receive while trick-or-treating who wants to go first uh, i mean i'll go first there i think there's gonna be a lot of overlap with yeah i mean mine are no order mounds candy corn candy corn's on mine granola of any type like a granola bar uh good and plenty and bit oh honey mm. that's it that's what's what bit oh honey it's awful it's, uh, it's awful candy it's like wax that tastes like wax, probably. Huh. I don't know. It looks and, and that's the texture as well. It's awful. Ew. Yeah. Are mounds the same as almond joy? I don't know. A mounds or coconut, right? Anything with coconut joy in is it. Coconut too. I agree. Okay. With whatever. Whatever coconuts in it. So I had I had almond joy and I had good and plenty. Um, good and plenty. It's just it's just awful. It's black licorice mm-hmm. coated in white and pink pills. They look like drugs now. Um, the wax. Coke bottles that have like their little wax Coke bottles with liquid, like liquid sugar in them, and you bite the top off the wax bottle. Not familiar. I had to Google this one because I forgot what the hell they were. They're called Neko wafers. They're awful. They they were like the size of a silver dollar, and they were in a in a wrap of like uh, like this white paper, and they. You might as well just eat Tums. They were terrible. Um, and then my last one was Dots. I think they're the worst candy on the planet. Yeah, they're bad. The, the other one I was thinking of, but I didn't put on here, was an, an apple. Yeah. I mean, I never yeah. got an apple. Yeah, we've gotten fruit. I've gotten an apple, but the whole thing was, oh, there's a razor blade in there, you know. Right. Um, but I never received an apple. Yeah. But that would be bad. So I put... Like the bag of sliced apples. Yeah. Because I've gotten that yep. and it sucks. Um, pretzels. Like the stupid pretzel bags. I wouldn't mind a pretzel. Ooh, yeah, like yeah. pretzel sticks? Little, nope. Little good. Pretzel rod maybe? Nope. nope. Um, candy corn. Raisins. Yeah, yeah, that's a good one. That was popular when I was a kid. You'd get raisins. Yeah. yeah. And then pencils. Yeah, that was popular pencils. too. Pencils. Yeah. What? It's a yeah. cop out, but pencils. Like someone Never would think they were being cute, like with Halloween themed pencils. So stupid. And it's like, first of all, they're unsharpened. So now I have to have a pencil <laughs> yep. sharpener. <laughs> I disagree with both of you on the candy corn. You Ooh, like candy corn? It's gross. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, it's very Owen good. and I had this conversation like two hours ago and I was like, I didn't know humans liked candy corn. So good. 
Yeah, wow. This is shocking. Yeah, it's good candy. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> we, we were like really determined. I remember this one Halloween as a kid. And we got to this one house. And they, the light was on, but it didn't, like outside, but it didn't look like anything else was going on. And so we kept knocking, knocking, knocking. Finally, this old ass lady gets to the door. And she was like clueless. Like, what's going on? <laughs> well, happy Halloween. <laughs> Trick or treat. She gave us, like, broke out her, her, like, change purse and gave us each, like, a nickel. Now, in her day, she felt like she was actually hooking us up. Man, it was the worst Halloween item I ever received. That's, that's. I think we ended up throwing them at each other. <laughs> One of my friend's moms used to make caramel-covered apples and hand them out. Let's talk about that for a little bit. What the hell? Does anyone enjoy that? I do. A caramel covered apple? Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> but it was also it was good because we'd get that and we'd walk around eating it <laughs> while it's we were awful. collecting oh. candy. <laughs> Best candy? You get one. What is it? Uh it's Reese's for me. Peanut butter cup? Yeah. That's a that's a unanimous yeah. around the board here. Yeah. I'd probably go like the Christmas tree, just because the chocolate to peanut butter ratio is better, in my the opinion. Egg, the egg is better. The Easter egg. <sighs> See, Easter. there's too much peanut butter in the egg. That's oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> perfect. Okay. Happy Halloween. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Um, in the meantime, follow our podcast on Twitter, at UntuckedPod, for episode updates. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys.